What is going on, Clutch Crew Sports fans? This is Zach here, back with another episode. And this is the big episode everybody's been waiting for, the Super Bowl preview episode, Chiefs and Bucks. We're going to make our picks. We're going to tell you guys who we think will win the game and why. And I'm really excited to be a part of this episode. And you can find me on Twitter at Life. Go ahead and uh, find me there. I message a lot of interesting things. So uh, <laughs> let me uh, introduce you guys now to the rest of the crew. What's going on, everybody? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, definitely excited to talk Super Bowl. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport, which is our podcast name without the S on the end. Or you can find me for my finance one at Clutch on a Budget. And we also, as you, if you're on YouTube, you can see there, we do stream on Twitch from time to time at twitch.tv slash Clutch Crew Sport. So check that out. And let's get this going. And what's going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. You can find me on Twitter at MrCDog54. And uh, I had a, just like last year, I had a hand in making the slides for uh, this episode. So I'm excited to show off my work this time around. I thought it was pretty good last time, but I think I might have topped it this time around. Ooh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> all right, what's up, guys? It's uh, Nate here. Um Excited to talk about the uh, Bucks tonight with Zach. Um, excited to see what Tom Brady does this weekend. And uh, if you agree or disagree or you know want to talk about any of these uh, picks tonight, um, you can find me at uh, crew underscore Nate on Twitter and be happy to uh, have a discussion there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go follow all, all of our Twitters, guys. Uh, you can have a discussion with Do us it. and hit the yeah. follow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be trying to promote the Twitter more uh, now. We've decided that's uh, that's a good thing to do. So, um, nonetheless, though, let's get it started in this episode. No fluff. Um, like I said, this is all about the Super Bowl, Chiefs and Buccaneers. Um, so let's just get right into it. And we'll be doing this like we did last year where we've made our picks and we made our slides. So this is a YouTube-friendly episode for sure. A lot of things on the YouTube, but we will do our best to explain the numbers if you're not on youtube so you can uh, hear it for yourself and basically eric and connor are going to be talking about why the chiefs will win the game and then nate and i will talk about why the buccaneers will win the game and then after that we'll have like a cross-examination or something where uh we kind of <laughs> go back and forth about uh you know directly asking each other questions and putting each other in the spot so it'd still be a lot of fun and then at the end we'll all kind of come together you know, after the emotions cool down and uh, look at some prop bets because those are always fun to do. So we'll look at the prop bets and then end the episode. But we have the Chiefs to talk about first. So I'm going to hand it over to Connor and Eric and let you guys talk about why the Chiefs will win the game. Well, we were in this spot last year uh, with the Chiefs and second time around, I get to make the Chiefs slide again. Uh, I was kind of hoping it was going to be a Bills slide, but... I will make the chief slide if I have to. Um, so basically, I guess I'll probably just like explain uh, what some of this is. And then Eric can kind of piggyback off of uh, the points that are coming across. So I guess we'll go from left to right. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the biggest key for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, this guy is I mean, he's the new face of the NFL. I mean, I don't think it's a. A stretch to say that you know Tom Brady was the face of the NFL for the past decade or so 
Um, and now it's Patrick Mahomes. This guy is, you know, he's got, he's won an MVP award. He's won a Super Bowl. He was in the running for the MVP award this year and probably would have had a better chance at it had he not sat out week 17. Um, but he was in the running again this year. And I mean, you just look at the stats that I have up on the screen here. He was second in passing yards this year, fourth in touchdowns, second in QBR. And also he was tied for fifth and which means fifth least amount of interceptions this year. So very safe with the ball, not making many mistakes. Um, obviously a weapon with his legs as well. I don't have those stats up, but also I kind of put up his offensive weapons um, around here. So I got a picture of Travis Kelsey next to Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that first bar is his stats this year, 105 receptions, 1,416 yards and 11 touchdowns. Um a lot of tight end records were broken this year by Travis Kelsey when it came to receptions and yards. I don't think he, he didn't break the touchdown record. Cause I think Gronk still has that, but he broke the yards and the reception records. Um, and also the, probably my favorite picture that I found when I was doing this with, um, it's got a picture of Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Mikael Hardman and Clyde Edwards Hilaire all in front of a, a flaming Chiefs logo just to show the amount of weapons that they have on this offense. Um, so, Eric, I don't know if you have any opinions on this offense. I also put um, underneath Kelsey stats is Tyreek Hill stats. I thought that was pretty important. Uh, he uh, he was second this year in touchdowns with 15, um, also a threat on the ground. But this Chiefs team just has so many weapons on offense. You can't even, like, it's crazy how many weapons they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, obviously, a hundred percent. I mean, this Chiefs offense is just insanely good, and it one sometimes they get off to slow starts, which can be a little concerning. But once they get the ball rolling, it's just so difficult to stop them. And I don't know, man. Like especially with the tight end matchup. I mean, you look at Kelsey, and then you look uh, at who the Bucks have on the other end of the ball. I mean, tight end. Gronk and Brate are good, uh, but obviously Gronk's a shell of his former self. But Kelsey versus the tight ends that the Bucks have is definitely the biggest advantage that the Chiefs have going for them. Uh, I expect the Chiefs to get Kelsey involved a lot. I would, um, So I, I'm excited about that. And I'll, I'll let you continue with the rest of the slides here. Yeah, so I guess including with the offense here, I put a – headline here this is actually a headline from a, i think it's like a cbs sports um article about the chiefs that the chiefs have the fastest receivers and it's just there is no team in the nfl this year i mean like i thought the bills might have been able to do it because they have you know really good dbs but the chiefs their speed there's just nothing that you can do to compete with their speed sometimes like Miko Hardman and Tyreek Hill are two of the fastest players in the NFL. I mean, no one's catching Tyreek Hill when he's out in the open field. Miko Hardman, being a seasoned punt returner and kick returner, he's one of the shiftiest guys in the league. And even just like the other receivers, I can't remember who the fourth string receiver is, but um, Sammy Watkins, if he plays, is really fast. And it's just like you can't keep up with them. I don't know how you can keep up with these receivers. If even for a second they get behind you, that's it. Like there's no catching up. There's no recovering from that. So um, it's won them a lot of games. It's gotten them a lot of separation. Um, and it's just like this. And I, and I will say, I guess the other thing, the last touch on the offense here for the chiefs is I did 
obviously put up. The Chiefs and Buccaneers did play this year. Um, it was a close game, 27-24, so not a huge blowout. Um, not like how the Saints had with their games with the Buccaneers this year. But you look at the Chiefs' offense here, I mean – even against this vaunted Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, they still put up 543 yards of total offense, which is insane against a defense that ranks in the top five in the league. 456 of that was passing yards. So obviously, you know, their main weapon, Patrick Mahomes, throwing to the receivers. But even 87 rushing yards, which I know that's going to be a topic that Zach's going to touch on later, this Chiefs running game. But even 87 rushing yards against the top rushing defense in the league. Um, you know, I think that's a key factor. And I know, Eric, you've been pretty high, even though they didn't really show up too well in that Bills game. You've been pretty high on this Chiefs rushing attack. Yeah, I mean, I, especially having Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back, I know the running game didn't get it going too much against the Bills, and that was probably viewed as a problem for them. But I expect them to get it going a lot better in the Super Bowl. I expect them to, I know they're going to have a couple of uh, offensive linemen out, which is probably going to be probably the true potential problem for the Chiefs. But I felt like um, when I was watching the game, when Eric Fisher went out against the Bills, uh, when I was watching the game after that, I felt like uh, the replacement did serviceable. And I will have to see how he does in a, playing in a full game, it will be different. But I expect the Chiefs to run the ball fairly well. I expect them to get the quick passing game going to make sure that, you know, they don't risk Mahomes getting in any danger. And then once they get going with that, then they'll be able to open up the full playbook. That's kind of how I'm expecting it to go down. Do you kind of agree with that, Connor? Do you see it going down differently? What do you think? Yeah, I definitely expect them to at least try and establish the run game because I know this is something that, I think really killed uh, the bills in a way. I mean, really killed the Steelers and the bills this year is that they didn't try to establish the run game at all. I mean, the Steelers, you know, they, they didn't really have much of a run game at all this year, but they didn't even try to get it going in the bills. I mean, it wasn't until the, what was it? It wasn't until like the third quarter against the Ravens when the bills had a run play that wasn't like Josh Allen scrambling out of the pocket. I mean, and I know, like, okay, yeah, the Ravens held Derrick Henry to 40 yards, but that doesn't mean you could just completely abandon the run game. And it's the same philosophy here. I mean, the Buccaneers, yeah, they are the number one rushing defense in the league, but that doesn't mean you can just go away from it. And especially since the Chiefs have, they have three really good running backs on this team. Now, they're not all three potential starting running backs, but, you know, they've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who, you know, until he went down with his injury, was looking like a... You know, he could be possibly a rookie of the year contender until he got hurt and then he kind of cooled off. But I mean, Le'Veon Bell, you know, he's he's not going to be a starter anywhere anymore. But I mean, he's still got a, you know, a spring in his step. He can still be a change of pace and he's still a fantastic receiver. Um, I mean, he could probably transition to being a wide receiver and he'd be better at that. Um, and then also Darrell Williams, who's kind of like the backup, you know, he he broke off a couple big runs against the Bills in that game. So. Um, like, or at least he didn't break off a couple big runs, but he had some big plays out of the backfield, um, that like, you know, catching the ball and everything. So, um, I definitely think that they're going to try and establish it to start. And also, like you said, it opens up, <clears throat> I mean, there's just nothing you can do to stop this. Like they, if once they get that quick passing game going, 
then Hardman and Hill run behind you for the deep ball. But then as soon as you, you know, put your safeties back, now Kelsey's burning you and, you know, Hardman's getting open on the slants and stuff like that. So, yeah, the, really... the, other, the other way I expect them to get the running game going, too, is, you know, maybe do some like jet sweeps with Tyree Kill or Hardman mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that, something to keep the Bucks, you know, pinned back and make them respect the run. You know, not it doesn't necessarily just have to be the running backs you know, doing power runs all the time or something. I expect them to right. be, in addition to, like, the runs up the middle, I expect some jet sweeps or some sweep tosses or, you know, something, uh, so, or, or play fakes where they fake a jet sweep and then go somewhere else. Just something to really try to confuse the Bucks defense and to pin them back. Oh, yeah. Well, we know the, you know, Miko Hardman broke off, like, a 55-yard jet sweep run against the Bills, so that definitely is a, an option. I'd forgotten about that. But, um... I think the other thing I wanted to mention with the matchup between the Buccaneers and the Chiefs the last time is if you look at it's kind of small on here, but if you look at the third down efficiency, um, so you have the Bucks over there at three out of nine, which is not this one third. So, I mean, it's decent, but not fantastic. But then you've got the Chiefs over here against this, you know, really good defense, 50 percent on third down. That's going to win you a lot of games if you're 50 percent on third down. Um, and then also. So that's kind of the end of my discussion about them against the Bucks. But then if you look at their defense, which we were in this situation last year, I feel like this is almost a mirror image of last year where you've got the Chiefs and this like unstoppable offense and a, you know, average but getting their defense, a questionable run game against a team with a really good defense and a service in, you know, like a pretty good offense and you're thinking like, oh, well, you know, defense wins championships, but the Chiefs, I think the difference between them is that they're better on defense than they were last year. Um, and Tyron Matthew, that's why I have his picture on here. He's been a big part of that. Um, you know, 62 tackles, six interceptions this year, one pick, six. Um, and the interceptions was the one of the biggest things I wanted to bring up was that, you know, if you look at these stats down here for defense underneath the headline for the Chiefs have the fastest receivers, you have... This is the stats for points allowed, um, not yards allowed, because I will uh, I will concede that the Buccaneers have a big advantage when it comes to yards allowed. But when it comes to points allowed, which is where it really matters on the scoreboard, the Buccaneers were eighth, allowing 355, and the Chiefs were only 11th, allowing 362, only allowed uh, 12, not 12, my math is wrong, only allowing seven more points this year than the Buccaneers did. So very even right there. And also this highlighted number was 16. The amount of interceptions the chiefs had this year, that's a big number 16. That was tied for third, basically in the NFL behind, like, I think it was the Steelers and someone else were tied for first with 18, but then it was like three other teams with 16. So, and that's been a problem for Tom Brady this year when it comes to interceptions, you know, he had two against the Chiefs last time. He had three in that game against the Packers, which all three of those came on back-to-back-to-back possessions. Um, frankly, I mean, if the Packers want to look at any reason why they lost that game, it's the fact that they only got six points off of those three interceptions. And also 12 interceptions on the year, which is one of Brady's highest totals since... I can't. I, I looked at this uh, a couple days ago, and I can't remember... Um, when 
like when was the last time he threw that many interceptions? But it was a while ago, um, like back in the mid 2000s, maybe. Um, let's see here. Yeah, 2011, 2009, around that time was the last time he threw this many picks. So he's definitely showing signs of his age. And do you think, I mean, do you think that's going to be an issue for the Buccaneers with this pass defense of the Chiefs? I mean, it, it could definitely, uh, that could definitely factor into it. And I guess part of my other reason, too, for picking the Chiefs in this game with the, is with their defense is that everybody talks about how the defense is a big liability and everything. But if you look at the game against the Browns, who have probably the best rushing attack in the entire NFL, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt really didn't go off in that game. Like they combined for over 100 yards, they averaged five yards a carry, but they weren't explosive or game changing like how they were in the game against the Steelers the week before that. I thought the Chiefs overall did about as good of a job as you can do at containing those two running backs. And then you also look at their game against the Bills and who is considered one of the best offenses in the entire NFL. And the Bills really didn't do that much outside of like the first quarter of the game. They did a great job of keeping Stefan Diggs in check. He didn't even really get most of his numbers until uh, the end of the game. When it was garbage time, garbage (laughs) time at that point. So they've gone against a very run heavy offense and contained them pretty well. They've gone against a, high-powered, potent pass offense and done pretty well. So I'm not I'm not as concerned about that as most people are. And then I will say, like, I have to give Tampa kudos, obviously, for getting to the Super Bowl. But when I look at their road to getting there, I mean, in the first round, they beat the Washington football team who – really didn't even have a quarterback going into that game with Alex Smith being injured. Like they had to throw someone that had never played before out there and Washington actually put up a pretty good fight in that game. And then in the next round, if Drew Brees could have completed a pass for more than 10 yards down the field and not had all those interceptions, New Orleans probably wins that game because Tampa got all of their touchdowns off of turnovers. And obviously I give them credit for, capitalizing on the opportunity and creating the opportunities. But if Brees had even played average in that game, they probably don't win that game. And then Brady had the three interceptions against Green Bay, like Connor pointed out already, where he hit a low point in that game where he was really struggling and Green Bay couldn't capitalize on it. And it also helped Tampa Bay that uh, Matt LaFleur was a freaking idiot and didn't <laughs> go for it on fourth and seven. I, I don't know what I, I wasn't in last week's episode. I know the guys mentioned it for me, but I don't know what he was thinking, not going for that when there was such little time left on the clock. But um, so I feel like Tampa Bay's had a lot of benefits and I know the chiefs kind of struggled against the Browns a little bit. And then they had to survive, especially when Chad Henney got in the game, but they looked really, really good against the bills and the bills were like my second pick to win the Super Bowl outside of Kansas City. I felt like if there was any team that was really going to truly challenge Kansas City, it would be the Bills, and the Chiefs handled them pretty easily. So I'm not as concerned about the defense as many other people are, and 
just based on what I've seen in the playoffs so far, I, re- I really think the Chiefs have the edge here and should be able to win this game. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think the problem also that the Buccaneers are probably going to face in a way that um, I, I feel like this has become a common theme in the NFL. And, you know, maybe the Chief, the Chiefs might end up doing this too. But it's like, I feel like these teams, you know, I mean, I, I just said this like five minutes ago, but like these teams get away from the run game too early. And I think that's what's going to happen to the Buccaneers. I think they're going to get it. What's going to happen is the Chiefs are going to go out and they're going to put up these points. And the Buccaneers, they're going to go away from Leonard Fournette and go away from Ronald Jones earlier than they should. Because that rushing attack, Leonard Fournette has looked pretty good in the playoffs. But other outside of that, you know, before that, what was going on, you know, it was just a very average rushing attack. And, you know, this Chiefs defense is good. It's not, you know, they're not going against Green Bay's putrid run defense like they did last week. You know, they're going against a good defense. And I think as soon as Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones start getting stopped, they're going to go away from that run game and they're going to put the pressure on Brady, which is going to be the problem for them. If they have to rely on Tom Brady throwing the ball like 40 or 50 times, kind of like he did in that Super Bowl against the Eagles with the Patriots, then they're going to lose this game because he just he's just not built for that anymore. I mean, it's why the Steelers got knocked out of the playoffs. They were trying to rely on Roethlisberger throwing it like 50 times, and that's not going to win you a ball game. Um, so then the last couple of things I have on here that are just kind of short, like brief little tiny pictures here. Um, obviously Andy Reed and Eric Bieniemy, you know, they're, they're still there. They're going to be there next year. This is like just the creativeness between these two offensive minds. Um, you know, who knows what the chiefs are going to come up with in this Super Bowl? I'm excited to see what kind of plays they come up, they draw up against this, uh, good defense. And then obviously, um, you know, they don't, the Chiefs don't have the most potent pass rush in the game, but obviously Chris Jones and Frank Clark are two of the best in the game at getting to the quarterback. And Chris Jones is just all over the place. I mean, he could have he could have been Super Bowl MVP last year, honestly, if, you know, I mean, Mahomes really led that comeback. But, you know, Chris Jones definitely was in the conversation for Super Bowl MVP last year. So um, very good defensive line there. And then probably one of the biggest... <laughs> Uh, advantages that I think the Chiefs have in this game is that, you know, especially if this is going to be a close game, we always talk about, you know, who's got the better kicker, you know, who would you rely on more in this situation? Now, obviously, not from 33 yards, because Butker's had his struggles from extra points this year for some reason. But if you go anywhere outside of 33 yards, Harrison Butker is money. He is one of the best kickers in the league behind, you know, probably just Justin Tucker and maybe a couple others. Harrison Butker is right up there with the best kickers in the league. And I would trust him a lot more than I would trust. Um, well, I can't remember who, who do the Buccaneers have it. I, I can't believe Ryan Suckup. That's right. Ryan yeah. Suckup. I would trust Harrison Butker a lot more than I trust Ryan Suckup to make that game winning field goal. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on the chiefs. Mine and Eric's. I don't know if you have any more closing thoughts, Eric on, uh, why you think the Chiefs are going to win this game? No, but I will say, I know, obviously, Nate and Zach are going to disagree with everything we just said, but the one thing, <laughs> they, cannot, one thing they cannot disagree on is that Chiefs logo picture in the top right corner with the players in front of it is super lit. There, there's no disagreeing. There's no disagreeing with that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that was the first thing I said. Right well, 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 I, I will say, too, maybe... 
Andy Reid is a little bit less motivated this year because if they win the Super Bowl, he's not going to get that fast food buffet because Donald Trump's <laughs> not there anymore. Uh, don't say that, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I mean, I think Bruce Arians would equally be as uh, motivated Disappointed by that. Disappointed about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. So you guys cool with uh, going to the Bucks now? Yep. Yeah, All we're right. good. All right. Yeah, and I do agree with that logo. If you're uh, if you're not on YouTube and don't see it, it's a really cool design they have of the Chiefs Arrowhead logo with the flames coming out. It, it looks really nice. Um, so I was impressed to see that. But let's go ahead and talk about uh, the Buccaneers now, the team that they'll be, the Chiefs will be going up against. So, you know, I've been riding this bandwagon all season. I haven't wavered at all, even in that week <laughs> one loss when they got blown out by New Orleans and <laughs> it was not looking good. But, you know, I, I stuck with them and They've made it to this point now. They have one more game left. We'll see how they they go. It's it's really cool living in the city. Uh, I live in Tampa, and everywhere you're hearing about the Bucks, and you know there's a lot of excitement that the Super Bowl's here and all. But the first thing I want to start out with, and I'll be primarily handing this over to Nate. So Nate, be ready for this. Um, Nate, just go ahead and talk about like since you've obviously followed Tom. Tom Brady the closest throughout his career like uh, obviously he's got six rings with New England but like you've seen him play like what's the confidence that you have in Tom Brady in this game for making you pick the Buccaneers and um, also too with Tom Brady like it's not often he's an underdog but I think in this Super Bowl like the Buccaneers are the consistent underdogs uh, according to most so do you think I know he he has that thing where he takes any little thing for motivation um, what kind of motivation does he have also to win a Super Bowl outside of the New England system and prove to everybody that he's the GOAT? So just go ahead and talk about Brady and the underdog factor going into it and why he's going to have a great game. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I think he's definitely got, you know, a ton of motivation uh, coming in here. Obviously, he's 43. He's got uh, six rings already, but he's still... I think feels like he has something to prove. That's kind of been a constant theme throughout his career since he was pick 199 back, you know, 20 some years ago. Now um, he's, I think he's a guy who always has a chip on his shoulder, and that's kind of motivates him to um, be the best at what he does. Which I don't think it's going to be any different today. You can, uh, like you said, there's any number of reasons why you know he could feel like disrespected or he's got something to prove coming in. And I'm surprised that I'm not, I'm not surprised going off the numbers that they're underdogs. Uh, the Chiefs uh, had the better record in the regular season. They put up way better numbers. Um, all of that deserve to be the favorites, um, you know, especially from a Vegas uh, perspective there. But I do think I do feel very confident uh, picking the Bucks, mostly because of Tom Brady. I think the rosters are, you know, they're not totally even, but like equal, but they kind of balance out in terms of, you know, the Chiefs have um, fast wide receivers. The Bucks have, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You know, they both have solid defenses. But I think for me, the edge is that Tom Brady has, and obviously now Mahomes has been here and, you know, uh, wanted to come back in the Super Bowl last year. But uh, Brady's about to play in his, not, or his 10th uh, Super Bowl the course of his career, uh, going for his seventh win. And just to be in that situation, he's seen – you know, he's been on either end of uh, close games in this situation before, which 
I think he's just going to come coming out and being ready for whatever, you know, the throws at him. And I think that's going to elevate all the guys around him. Uh, it's going to make those receivers better. It's going to make the O-line or running backs better. And I think, you know, if they get down or if they're up, I don't think uh, the motive, the um, the emotions are going to get uh, the best of them, which is the biggest thing in a game like this, obviously, is to kind of like be grounded and uh, not lose, I guess, not get like overwhelmed in the moment, which obviously he hasn't done. I'm going with the the Bucks. Uh, partly it's because I'm a fan of Brady's, and uh, it's kind of hard for me to be objective. But just looking at it, um, I think obviously he and Mahomes are both great quarterbacks. But I think I'm just going to give the edge to experience, and that's not a guy that I really you know would sleep well at night if I bet against. So yeah, that's that's the thing for me too with Brady's. It's like um, there's been times where there's he's been in Super Bowls where you know. You think the other team's going to win, but it's so hard to pick against him because he's Tom Brady and he's won six before. So that's the thing that I feel I feel strongly about you with Brady, where it's like um, him versus Mahomes. Mahomes is the better quarterback right now, but Brady's not been bad. And also, too, with the Super Bowl thing on the line, like you would just trust him to make that play, make that game-winning drive that he always seems to do. So... Um, that's what I think is going to end up happening. I'm I'm not calling this as a double digit game or anything. This is going to be very very close. This is not the Packers. Um, so <laughs> we all know how much we love the yeah. Packers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, let me let me go and finish up with the offense, and I'll talk about the Chiefs offense for a bit. Um, this offense is loaded. I mean, the the Chiefs have their weapons, but like Nate was saying, the Bucks are I think are equally loaded on offense because um, Gronk has been. While not the old Gronk, he's been decent. And the thing for him is he's still a decent enough blocker. So they get value out of him blocking, which is helpful. And uh, Cameron Braid's been really big the last couple weeks. I mean, he makes big catches, big third down catches where you need a catch. Uh, He's not uh, Travis Kelsey, but he's reliable enough to the fact that, you know, you have to respect him a little bit. But the problem is, is on the outside. That's where the real problem is. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you know, Evans to me is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the whole league because he's been playing in Tampa his whole career and uh, they haven't ever been good. So you don't hear about him, but he has lots of records um, for how the start of his career has been. And, you know, it took a little while. This is the thing. When you look at Tampa's record versus Kansas City's record is Tampa had a brand new quarterback with no preseason and had to play the Saints week one and a couple other tough teams right away. Like there's going to be growing pains to that, whereas you're comparing it to the Super Bowl defending champion Chiefs. Of course, they're going to come out of the gate hot. They just won the Super Bowl versus this brand new uh, quarterback on a team. So really... Um, I don't take too much stock into the stuff early in the season. I look at a lot of momentum recently, and I'll talk about that later, but just the weapons. And then I highlighted here too this uh, picture of Leonard Fournette because he's been surprising me with how good he's been playing in the playoffs. And uh, they call him playoff Lenny, but like, you know, I, he finally had a spin move that was successful. I know Eric would be stunned by that, but 
I don't know if you saw it in the Packers game, but he had a spin move touchdown that was actually successful. I was shocked, but I did. I I I was I was shook as the kids say when. <laughs> um, but he's actually been playing the best all year, and will be the starting running back. I think Jones is Ronald Jones is uh, going to be healthy enough, but you know you have him and Ronald Jones. You know this is not going to be. They're not going to get 150 rushing yards, but I think they'll do enough. And Leonard's the kind of guy who I do think, um, you know, he didn't get it done with the Jags, but I do think if it's like a third and one sort of thing, like I think he can get it, you know, big physical guy. Um, I I do think Tom Brady's, you know, uh, really changed him and I think made him a little bit of a better running back than he was with the Jags. Um, Moving on now to talk about the Chiefs offense. So, you know, Eric and Connor were talking about the fastest wide receivers, Mahomes, Andy Reid, like all these all these things. But to me, you know, football is still one in the trenches. And there's a big problem going on with the Chiefs offensive line because obviously earlier in the year, so they haven't been with Mitchell Schwartz for a while, but he was still an all pro tackle that's not going to be in the game. And then last week, Eric Fisher, um, I think it was an ACL or an Achilles or something. Um, he's gone for the game. So those are your two bookend tackles at the start of the year gone. Eric Fisher, you know, you're just now replacing him. They have no experience there uh, to replace that. And then this comes out today, their center, I can't remember his name, but he's on the COVID list or COVID uh, watch list. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not based on that, but it's still concerning. They could potentially be down three of their original starting five offensive line members. And when you go up against this Bucks defense, that's scary. That's, that's really, I think problematic. And this is what gives me the most confidence in the game is um, yes, everybody, the outside's fast. And I'll talk about the Tampa secondary when we get to the defense, but uh, the chiefs offensive line concerns me and, Tampa has the pass rushers to get to Mahomes, and I think they will. We saw him get to Rodgers, and that was a much better offensive line than what the Chiefs are going to be having with this injury-riddled offensive line now with potentially COVID on there, and we'll see if anything else. Demarcus Robinson was also on that COVID list, so we'll see if anything else comes out of that. But it's you know it's an unfortunate thing, but it's advantage bucks. Uh, there's no way around it. Um, so, Nate, do you have anything else that you want to talk about the – either offense before we go on to the defense um, with either, do you have anything to talk about Kansas city's offense, how they get slowed down or uh, with the bucks offense, who do you think is going to like stand out for the bucks on offense? Um, Stand out. I mean, it's kind of, I think it's kind of going to be like a hot hand situation. Like yeah. if they just have like the chiefs, they just have so much talent around there. I think um, any one of those guys, Chris God, or I mean, uh, um, Chris, yeah, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, any of those guys could go off for, you know, huge numbers. I guess it depends who um, is getting open and Brady is feeling most comfortable with. But um, I do think that Scotty Miller could. Yeah, I, I put um, his picture like Yeah, so I was looking at him. And I was like, I could see him being like kind of, you know, not putting up 150 yards, but like being kind of one of the bigger stories of the Super Bowl if Brady gets uh, a connection with him and he gets going. He's kind of like a guy that most people, he's not really a household name, but he, probably could be after this game you know if he goes for 100 yards and a touchdown which is not at all out of the uh realm of possibility but um 
yeah, other than that, uh, um, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think it's definitely going to be interesting on um, each offense because they got tons of guys who can just go off at any point in time. Yeah. All right. So um, now moving over to talk about the defense. Then after that, I'll talk about some other quirks I put up here. But uh, Tampa Bay ranked ninth in the NFL this season in defensive efficiency, while Kansas City ranked a mediocre 20th. Tampa Bay also boasts the number one ranked run defense in the NFL, 80.6 yards per game, and the fewest rushing touchdowns allowed, while Kansas City finished the season ranked 21st against the run. So this was a quote from a, you know article about why the Bucs will win, but um, these are still stats. Uh, the mediocre 20th uh, ranked defensive efficiency thing. You know, I, I do have a little bit of respect for Kansas City's defense, like Tyron Matthew, and they have some players on defense. But to me, I just don't think they have enough uh, players with all the Bucks weapons that we talked about, um, the whole list of them there. It's just they have they they can take some players out, but they can't take them all out. That's my thing is Kansas City is going to have a real hard time stopping all of the Tampa weapons and. As far as Tampa on defense, they they definitely hands down have the better defense going into this, which gives them the shot to win, because we all know defense wins championships. It didn't, you know, last year the better defensive team didn't win, but usually these things correct themselves, and you know potentially that was an outlier last year. So I have absolute faith in this defense to get to Mahomes with the defensive line, uh, JPP, Nadamakan Sue, Vita Vea. Uh, Shaq Barrett I mean the list goes on and on with these guys and you know the good luck running the ball I'll just say that this Tampa run defense I can't remember a big run all year I mean they even held Alvin Kamara in check and Aaron Jones in check they've gone up against better running backs uh, in the playoffs and in the regular season and had far better success than uh, the kind of running backs that Kansas City has with Edward Delaire so I'm not at all concerned about the run defense, and that's going to play right into the hands of Tampa because we saw it happen to Rodgers. They couldn't really, Green Bay couldn't really run the ball very consistently well, and then the sacks came in, and I tweeted them. I was like, sack number one, sack number two. Like, I think there ended up being five. Um, and this is a worse offensive line, in my opinion. Kansas City's got a worse O line. Tampa Bay's, the, you know, the defensive line is only getting healthier, actually. That's one of the, better injury positions on the defense with Vita Vea coming back. I mean, good luck. I mean, Nate, do you want to add anything else onto that? Like the sacks that Tampa could get in this and how big an impact that could play? Yeah, I mean, they were all over um, Rodgers last week. And um, Mahomes can definitely move around. Um, but without those guys on the O-line there, I'd, I'd be pretty scared to be uh, back there, I think they're going to get to him at least. I would, I would say at least three, four times. I wouldn't be shocked to see that. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And then uh, if you look over on the other side of the ball, uh, Willie Gay, the linebacker who started a lot of games for the Chiefs, now I think he got injured at practice or something, and he's going to be out for the game, which is bad for them. So it's another injury. I know the Bucks have their injuries, but a lot of those guys are supposed to be able to play at least on offense. I think the biggest injury question mark is going to be Antonio Brown. I think he's the biggest one that's doubtful. But um, other than that, and, and like Scotty Miller's taken over that role anyway, so that's not a huge enough loss uh, to be worried about it. Um, it's not left tackle going down. 
So the you know I'll give like I said the Chiefs defense I'll give them some credit, but the Bucks defense just is way better. And then as far as it comes to uh, taking out the Chiefs weapons, uh, you know Devin White, Levante David are going to do their best uh, at stopping t- uh, Travis Kelsey. I think they they can do a good job against Kelsey. And the thing about the last matchup, when you look at the stats that Connor had about uh, that matchup, it was, you know, a bunch of really big plays in the first quarter, like 90 yard touchdowns and stuff. And then after that, you know, things settled down. So the key for the Bucks is not giving up the big play. That's really going to be the key is, is not giving up the big 90 yard plays. And I think, I honestly think they learned their lesson with that. That was the good thing about playing the chiefs in the regular season. Like, Okay, you you found out how you lose to the Chiefs. Now don't do it. You know, the Chiefs know what they have to do to win, but the Buccaneers also now know what they have to do differently to win. So I like that aspect. And you know, the the secondary it it's an opportunistic secondary with Winfield and uh, Whitehead. These guys they get interceptions. They got they get turnovers. Man, that's the thing. Is like. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that there's going to be turnovers for the Buccaneers' favor because they've been doing that all year, and it's really increased the last couple of weeks, and they've won games, like Eric was talking about, because of the interceptions that they had, uh, the interception at the end of the half against Rodgers, and then the ones against that Breeze through, you know, and the fumbles that they... They're an opportunistic defense, and that's something I always want to see in a team if I'm going to pick them. Is their defense opportunistic, and all of their all of their guys do it. They don't have just one guy that does it. You know, they they have leaders all over the defense, and I'm very confident in them. I think they're going to do better than people uh, expect them to. So now that we've kind of talked about the offense and the defense and the game aspect, like let's go ahead and shift to like things outside of the game potentially and um, other factors that play for this. So you know, I highlighted here the Buccaneers Stadium, Raymond James Stadium. You know, they're going to be playing the home game. And I think that's a huge thing. I mean, and I know people are going to say it's, uh, you know, half capacity or whatever. And, uh, you know, tickets are going to be distributed equally. But I'm telling you, a Super Bowl in your home city means fans are going to be there and they're going to buy some of the KC tickets because there's, there's going to be more able people to go to this game. And also, too, the NFL gave away, I think, 7,000 uh tickets to first responders and healthcare workers around the central Florida area. So you got to assume that, you know, those people are probably Bucks fans or will be rooting for the Bucks. So I think, I think there will be a home presence felt at the game and not to mention just like, you know, the cannon shit, the, the, the cannon shit, the pirate ship is there, you know, all the things they can't take it all away. They'll put the NFL logos on things, but like, you know, it's, they're in their locker room. Like, this is a home game for them. Um, Nate, do you want to talk about anything else that you can see being a benefit from this, like, home field advantage? Because they haven't had in a couple of weeks. They're coming home to play at home now after being on the road for three weeks. All right, yeah, I mean, like you said, without the fans, obviously it, it would have been interesting to see this game, uh, you know, being played in this situa- situation last year if the Bucks could have had you know, even 40,000 of their own fans there, what kind of environment would that have been like? But I think even with limited fans being there, I think it's still a huge bonus because it's like if you're a Bucks player, it's like you get to, um, instead of being in some crazy 
um, city, like, you know, they always have it in Texas or Arizona or whatever, but, like, now you're, you get to wake up in your own bed, you get to drive, you know, 15 minutes to the facility that you've, you know, been going and working out at and training at for, you know, the whole year. So it's like you're you're in your routine pretty much. It's, it's like getting up and getting ready for a regular Sunday night game. Um, I think it's a huge advantage. You know, you've got your own bed, you got your own, you know, food in the fridge, eat for breakfast, like all the little things that you kind of take for granted, I guess. And the Chiefs are, you know, I'm sure they're going to have obviously nice accommodations, but they're, you know, in a hotel in a weird city. It's, you know, there's a little. And they're uh, coming to a city like too. Like with, it's, it's all buccaneer stuff all around the state too like they right, this isn't no right. neutral city that they're going into <laughs> like this is like an nba team going on the road like this is this must be out but it's never happened before so we don't know what it'll look like um yeah and then and then finally is the last player i want to talk about is uh actually going to be ryan Suckup, who connor kind of talked about but like the thing about Suckup is he actually has kind of solved the buccaneers kicking woes they had bad kickers for so long he's been good and this goes back to the stadium too. Like, you know, he's going to be kicking in his home stadium, which is a big deal for kickers. Like, they always say, like, you know, uh, each kicker knows their stadium the best because it's all the wind and everything. It's all a little different everywhere you go. You can't just go to every stadium and kick the same. So the fact that he's playing in the stadium that he played all year in, I think, is an advantage for the Bucks kicking as far as the field goals and stuff go. So I, I go advantage suck up just because the home field and he's been solid this year too he hasn't been bad or anything so i'm perfectly you know it doesn't scare me that you know it's him um and then uh we have another thing so i'll kind of talk to nate about this too this is you know debatable but like the tom brady effect like he just wins and we've seen the rays and the lightning win like you i think the buccaneers are next honestly and it's like the tom brady effect um just like with the whole city nate do you did you experience that when you were in like boston and stuff like just the winning culture is there now hey you there he's or... muted right now oh okay um oh, so okay. i don't know why i was there we go sorry i don't know why that didn't click oh, but um... we didn't hear you <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah no like i, was, I mean kind of just following up like obviously i haven't been around tampa and uh you know to know what it's like there but i'm sure it's i'd be excited to be a bucks fan i mean i know being a pats fan it was exciting to know that you're going to the super bowl with uh the best quarterback to ever do it and you had a real chance to uh come out with the win i would, I would be excited as a bucks fan and i think it's going to be um at least in the city i know they can't get into the stadium mostly but at least in the city it's going to be um a pretty cool atmosphere i'd bet yeah and then finally before we get to into you know, I'm sure Connor and Eric are waiting to say stuff, but 0304, ironically, Brady was a part of that. The last time we saw back to back Super Bowl winners. So it's been a while. This doesn't usually happen. I cre- I give the Chiefs credit for making it back to the game. That's tough enough. But to win the back to back Super Bowls, uh, we haven't seen since Tom Brady. So that's just something out there that, you know, you like it. I like to look at history and stuff and see streaks of how. You know, I, I like learning about the weather and records and stuff. So that was that Broncos Broncos at yeah. home in September. <laughs> the Broncos home in September. You'll never, you know, I'm I'm gonna be always on that. So that's just that's a, getting broken though. <laughs> I, I know it is. Ever since I talked about it, I jinxed it. But um, 
but yeah, so 0304, that's, you know, think of uh, where you were in 03 and 04, what you looked like, you know, that's how long it's been. So, um, so yeah, so that's going to wrap up the Buccaneers uh, coverage of things. So I'll let, uh, since we were talking last, I'll let Eric and Connor say anything they want to question us on and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hit back too. So, <laughs> well, I guess I'll start and say like, I guess, my thing, really, when it comes to, I guess the biggest question, obviously, like you hit on, is the offensive line of the Chiefs. And for me, I just, I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as a lot of people make it. Because, obviously, like, Kilgore, yes, he's on the COVID list, but he didn't test positive. So, it means that he's pretty much going to play in the Super Bowl. Um, they're just placing him on that, like, because, you know, he was in close contact. But he has not tested positive. So, you know, there's not, there's going to be none of this, like, oh, well... You know, if it happens at this time or whatever, then like maybe he'll play. Like you know, none of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Mitchell Schwartz, like you said, they've been without him for a while, so they know how to deal without him. I mean, they didn't have him in that game against the Bucks last time, so they didn't have. Obviously, so the only real loss is Eric Fisher. Was that's gonna, which that's going to be a loss for sure. You know, there's no replacing that. But I think they're going to be okay. I mean, they've managed to handle it. I mean. They've also, you didn't mention this, but Luverne, I don't remember his full name, but Luverne Tardif something, or something. Tardif, yeah. yeah, like whatever, you know, he's yeah, he was out like the whole season yeah. because he opted out for COVID. So, you know, the Chiefs have been playing with an understaffed offensive line all year and they've managed to get through it. And also, I think the difference here is that, you know, you look at the quarterbacks that the Bucks have played against. They played against, you know, Taylor oh, Heineke, a really old about to retire Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously the MVP. But if you look at all of them, they're all, well, okay, I can't really say this about Heineke because he's, like, only ever played in one game. But, like, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers are pocket passers. I mean, there was a time in Aaron Rodgers' career where he could be more mobile, but he's just not anymore. He's a true pocket passer. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is unlike any quarterback they've played, you know, really oh. all season in, in a lot of aspects. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because the NFC is full of these like old aging quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is way more dynamic. He's way younger. He can move. He can do make plays with his eyes closed almost. You know, he's a completely different quarterback that they're going against in this game. And I just think that's gonna be a little it's I don't know, it's gonna be another wake up call. I mean, obviously they played against him before, but it's gonna be different from anything they've played. And also, last thing I guess about the defense before I let either you respond or let yeah. Eric uh, do his thing is that, you know, again, I'm not, I just go back to my, you know, my points allowed stat. That's the, that's the stat that really matters is mm -hmm. points allowed. And they were right there with the bucks on points allowed all season, no matter how many yards they gave, how many more yards they gave up, how many less sacks they had, they only gave up seven more points all year. That's one touchdown, which, you know, obviously one touchdown can change a game, but over the course of a whole season, that's neck and neck. Yeah, I'll, I'll respond real quick uh, to the Mahomes thing. And I don't think you're, I think you're overhyping this because normally I would agree with you, but the fact that he had that injury, that uh, concussion or near concussion, whatever it was with the Browns, like I think that was like a wake up call. And also it said he had like a toe turf thing that was making him questionable last week. Like I just think with his recent injuries and, and situation, like, especially with the defense too. These guys are, you know, you don't want to get face to face with Ndamukan Sue. I'll tell you that. But like, um, <laughs> and anybody should be afraid of that man. But, um, 
I just don't think he's going to be as mobile as you think he's going to be because of the injuries and the kind um, of wake-up call. Two weeks, that two weeks to recover from turf toe. That's not. That's a long time. I know, but but do you think he wants to go slide, go running around and potentially get another concussion or something like for I, a Super like, Bowl? Yes, absolutely. He's not Cam. Well, it, well, I mean, if, what if Chad Henney comes in? It's game over. Like that's what I'm saying. Well, that, like, that's all true. takes. I, I mean, I agree with that for sure. One hit. Yeah, I mean, he he's not gonna he's not gonna like run around like Lamar Jackson out there. Like he's not going to be doing like read options every other play and he's not going to run or Josh Allen. He's not going to run the ball for like 15 times in the game or anything like that. But I guess like on my end to like counter the like, Oh, line issue. This is why I expect the chiefs to do a lot of uh, a lot of the quick passing game and like jet sweeps, wide receiver screens they're going to come up with a lot of plays early on in the game to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands within, you know, a couple seconds or less, and that's how they're going to that's how they're going to counterattack uh, against the pass rush. I mean, obviously, I like Zach said, Tampa Bay's defense is definitely better. I'm definitely not going to like try. Yeah, there's to there's no debating that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to sit here and try and like dispute that or anything. Yeah, but, but what the Chiefs can do is they can find ways to adjust and come up with different strategies and like i said that's what i think they're going to do is come up with the quick passes screens jet sweeps all that type of stuff and i think that's going to get the tampa defense off their game and that's how that then when they get to the point where it's like man what are they going to do we have no idea what they're going to do that's when the big plays can start happening after that yeah uh it's possible does anyone nate do you want to say anything or uh anyone else want to touch up anything i think uh we kind of did a bit of rebutting in our argument anyway so i'm yeah. trying to think of something uh, <laughs> um that you guys said that I, I mean this wasn't you guys didn't say anything too controversial and you were talking about the chiefs like Chad henny's gonna win the super bowl for him <laughs> <laughs> when i saw that number seven at first i, was, I thought that was chad henny i'm like what why are you putting this picture up there because <laughs> i think he's, henny he's, gonna, he's gonna win the game man super bowl. Hey, don't you know he's the best quarterback to ever play <laughs> he's he's awesome took, man took yeah. the jaguars to like a five win season <laughs> Well, I mean, if you, you know, if you've listened to all this, like if you listened to our like our last year preview, I mean, it was pretty crazy because Zach had his like big thing for the 49ers and how, what their strategy needed to be, and then Connor and I had like our strategy of what the Chiefs needed to be, and I mean, the crazy thing about that game was was for a big chunk of the game, the 49ers were doing exactly what Zach said they should be doing, and they were controlling in the game. And then finally, like later on in the game, the Chiefs got it going and were doing what Connor and I said that they needed to be doing and they adjusted. And then the Chiefs <laughs> ended up coming away with it in a nail biter. I mean, but like, so I, I, I think you're going to see a lot of what, you know, what Connor and I said for the Chiefs and what Nate and Zach said for the Bucks in this game. I mean, it's going to be, yeah. it's, it's going to be whichever side can do what we think they need to do better yeah. to kind of win the game. I, so. I mean, uh, yeah, I definitely see this as like, in a way, this is almost like a mirror image of last year. Like the it, Chiefs yeah. are honestly, they're like in the same spot, and like the, the maybe the Bucks are like a slightly, like, you know, like a better team on offense, but like it really just feels like a repeat of their situation last year. Like, you know, uh, average defense, average run game versus like the best defense in the league and a pretty good offense. 
versus their like you know out of this world offense like it just yeah. feels like the same thing i'll <laughs> i'll say i'll say the biggest difference i think is going to be brady like when you look oh, at the yeah. those For, teams like brady versus because Garoppolo, jimmy g yeah. cost them the game he he overthrew emmanuel sanders like if he hadn't done that then uh the then i think the 49ers would have ended up winning but um for sure. Yeah. Definitely it's... definitely a big difference there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I think Eric said it a best, better passing like... game and a worse run game. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um yeah, Eric said it best though. Like uh well this is fun to do always and we'll see what happens, which uh we'll be doing the recap episode next week, so stay tuned for that also and we'll talk about winners and losers, that sort of thing. But uh, I guess we can move on now to the prop bet fun and talk about these prop bets that are happening uh in sports books and the first set of prop bets we're going to talk about are more game related and then we'll get to the more like uh stuff that you can talk with non-football people and have fun with so um the first and i also by the way i picked different ones from last year i tried to pick different ones um so we're not just talking about the same props uh as we did last year but um and also too i will explain uh, before we start the plus minus how that works because I know a lot of people get confused with that basically what it means is if it's plus in this case it says plus 105 that means that you would net a profit of $105 for a $100 bet on it so basically you're doubling your money and then getting $5 but if it's plus 5000 you're betting $100 and if you win you get $5,100 and then on the flip side, the negatives are what it takes to get $100. So if it's negative 145, that means it would take a $145 bet to get a profit of $100. So hopefully you guys can understand what that means because that shows up a lot with these prop bets um, plus minus. <laughs> so I want you guys to kind of understand what it means and then we can go forward with that. So um, we'll start with the <laughs> the... The question this this question is um, Chiefs score or punt first. So and we have one for the Buccaneers as well. But um, the score first is minus one thirty. Punt first is minus one ten. I see them punting first. I just think that's going to be more likely. Um, we won't talk uh, like we have too many of these to get everyone's opinion. So if you just want to chime in, like just chime in, guys. Like punt. Um, okay. <laughs> Um, and then for the next one, I'll talk to Nate about this one since he picked the Buccaneers. Um, Buccaneers score punt first for this one. The score is plus 105 punt is minus 145. Nate, um, what would you go with here on this, uh, punt or score first for the Bucs? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with punt as well, which is, uh, you have to bet $145 to get 100. So this is, (laughs) um, yeah. this is what they think will happen. Do you think they score first, though, or punt? Yeah, I would say uh, punt first, just because they always seem to, Brady always seems to start out kind of slow in yeah. uh, Super Bowls. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, um, I, I think it's pretty standard that both teams will probably punt first. Like, Bucks, just because they're going to start slow, because they, I mean, they, they've started slow all yeah. year. And also Chiefs, just because, like, you know, this Tampa defense is really good. It's going to take them a series or two to, even with their drawing up their plays, to really figure it out. Yeah. And then this next one is um, basically, I think this is applying to either team here, but what what would happen first, a sack or a touchdown? And to get the sack is plus 105. 
and the touchdown is minus 145. So similar, exact same to the score punt thing. Um, I'm I'm going to play it safe here. I would say touchdown happens first. I'd say uh, a sack. Yeah, I'm, I'm going sack. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm on that one too, sack. Okay. Guess we're different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. These these prop bets, you know, they don't require too much uh, analysis. Explanation. Get, yeah. Just kind of gut instincts, really. Um, okay, so now we'll talk about Mahomes and Brady, some stats for them. Mahomes' um, passing yards, um, his over-under is listed at 327.5. And, and on last year's episode, Connor locked <laughs> that Mahomes would throw for more than 300 yards. This he over under, like, he came up like 15 yards short. I know. I I think it was even less than that, like a couple, like 297 or something. But um, this over under is bigger than that. It's 327. Um, and there's a lot of numbers on the screen, so I'm trying to. Uh, I, I think uh, after that's the interceptions. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's there's no uh, plus for this. That's the only thing. So I guess it's just uh minus 110 there's okay just if it's going to be over or under so like yeah just say over or under less. what do you think yeah well i'm gonna do what i did last i'm not gonna lock it this time but i'm gonna stick with Mahomes and go over <laughs> okay eric i'm gonna i'm gonna go under but just because i i, mean, I think they're gonna try to go with more of a balanced attack i i don't think they're just gonna come out gun slinging so and then hopefully, of course, you know, they'll get some turnovers and get some short field position where he doesn't have to throw it that many yards. But so I, I don't think it's going to be like way under anything, but I'm going to say he finishes like right around like 300 like he did last year, somewhere in that range. I think it'll be a little bit under. OK, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say under as well, because that's a big number. That's still 327. Like there's a lot of room for error that, you know, <laughs> if you if you start out slow or something you know, it's going to be hard to catch that number. So there's a lot of, I think, possibilities for that to go wrong. And then the interceptions for him is at, you know, half an interception. So do you think he throws an interception or do you think he's uh, clean, basically? Most people think he will uh, will not. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I, he will throw one. Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess I mean, the over is plus 140 and the under is minus 170. But I think he's going to throw at least one. I I'll say two, actually. I'll say he throws one. I'll give him one. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Connor here. Nate, yeah, I, what do you think? Yeah, I think the leech probably throw one, I would bet. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll get to Brady's now. So his over-under with the yards is 296.5, um, which I'm also going to go under on this. Um, I think that's quite a bit. Uh, I, I think he has a good game, but I don't think he has – that big of a passing day so i'm gonna say under what about yeah, I'm, you go, I'm going under a little bit under same um i'm actually going with the over i think the overs i think the number's high for Mahomes, but i think 300 is definitely doable um in a game where i think they're both gonna have to score a lot of points i'm gonna take yeah. over for brady okay and then the interceptions um how many do you think he ends up having i'll say he has i'll i'll say one i'll um, say he has two I want to say one. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with one, two, probably the first quarter. Yeah, I I was between one or two, but I did pick the Bucks to win. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> And then this is a really interesting one right here. 
Tyreek Hill receiving yards um, is over under at 93 and a half. So this is a big number, but um, what do you think? This is this could really go either way. And well, it's such a is, tough one, right? Yeah, because like he, you know, if he rips off one of those big plays, <laughs> then he's obviously going to be over this. But if he doesn't, then he's probably going to be under it. So it's like I'm going to say give, over. I'll give him the over. Yeah, yeah I'm go- He's been over 100 yards every game in the playoffs. I, I'm going over. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. Okay. And then we have one for the total score over under at 56. So, over. okay. Over. <laughs> I'm actually going to go under. I, I think it's going to be more of a defensive struggle than people think. Like, I don't, it's not going to be like 17 to 13 or anything like that, but I don't 13 to would, three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would mean each team has to get four touchdowns, like plus like another field goal or something. So I, I don't know if I see it being that high, but. I could see it being like twenty four, twenty one, like something like that. Yeah, a little, little bit under. Like I'm I don't think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay, I was gonna say this could go either way, but like the reason I'm gonna go over is both of these coaches are aggressive, and I think they're gonna get, they're not gonna settle for field goals. So I think more conventional coaches, it could be like that twenty four, twenty one, but I think both, and I think it'll pay off for both of them. I. If it's like a fourth and five or something, and the Chiefs are going for it, I'm going to be scared as a Bucks fan here. Um, Zach's, Zach's, Zach's going to be approving of all the going for yes, it fourth down. <laughs> I think it will. Have, I think both these guys are are like you know no risk it no biscuit sort of thing. Um, <laughs> well, that's what Bruce Arians always says. I don't. I think Andy reads the same. Philosophy. So so what you're so what you're saying is Zach, if the Buccaneers are down by eight points with two minutes left and they're fourth and goal on the seven yard line they're not going to kick the field goal no (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that that wraps up the game related stuff the the players and the team sort of stat uh prop bets and then now we'll get to more you know uh super bowl uh glower sort of thing so um, will the power go out (laughs) oh wait they can't i mean i guess it technically could at raymond james stadium but (laughs) um so the obviously some of these are you know very diff- unique to this one Super Bowl, but then that's what the case for the first one I think is why it's on here. But the over under on the first mention of first responders or healthcare workers in the stands is listed at 179 seconds. So I'm assuming they mean 179 seconds from like the kickoff or. I'm not sure. I didn't. There's not really an explanation on these things. Um, you know, if you really want to make a bet, there's fine print with these stuff. But I didn't go there. Um, I don't think kickoff. So I feel like they would mention it before that. I, that's so. the thing. It's like, but when did they start this 179 seconds? That's my question. That's if they, yeah, like maybe from like the coin toss or like right yeah. before, the, or like right before the national anthem or something. Like, yeah, I don't okay. know. What do you guys think though? Is it is it gonna? I I think they. I, I still think it in the mm, no actually I'm gonna say I'm gonna say um, over because I think they're gonna actually point them out in the stands later in the game. And I, I think, think if it's I, from I think, like when the game starts, I would say 
later on in the game, but of course they're going to mention it before the game starts. So like that's yeah, a tricky situation. That, that, that's, that's the hard one because yeah, I feel like that's going to be something that before the game they'll probably mention pretty immediately. Like you know, we want to thank all the healthcare yeah. workers, like blah blah blah. But like yeah, if well it's, this like, is from, referencing if it's, if it's, them in the stands. That's, uh, what um, that's what I was saying. Like if if it's after the game, then yeah, I'd say over because they're going to be okay. too focused on like Brady or whoever gets the breaking ball down first, what's right? happening. Right, like if, like if like if the Bucks get the ball first, they'll be talking about Brady and whatnot, or if the Chiefs get it, then they'll get Mahomes. But like, you know, then like maybe after the first commercial break, they'll be like, Oh, look at all the healthcare workers. Yeah. <laughs> this is a that was that's a really confusing one when you'd have to know your fine print on what yeah. they call that one. So <laughs> to just throw that one out, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad one. Okay. Uh moving on now. Over under on the first Giselle reference uh is the end of the first quarter. So I don't know. I don't watch Patriot games a whole lot. So Nate, I'll start with you. What do you think about this? Like you've watched the most Patriot I, games. <laughs> I think probably I'm gonna take the over on that one. It's probably gonna, they're definitely gonna show her up in the yeah uh, the box at some point in the game. But I don't. I can't remember the last time they brought her up just randomly in the you know the first, first quarter. quarter. I don't. They. I don't think they usually do this stuff in the first quarter. That's why I would go over too. Yeah, they don't. They don't yeah. usually show. They don't usually show the owners in the first quarter either. So yeah, I'll say over. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go over as well. Okay. Um, this next one's interesting. Over under on Tony Romo saying, let me tell you, Jim, is uh, <laughs> two times. <laughs> let me tell how, you, Jim. How yeah. is that only at two, bro? He probably yeah, I think it's going to be way over that. Yeah, it's going to be like five times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five at least. I don't know. No I, I think it. I don't, I don't think half. it's going to be five. But like, <laughs> I mean, for quarter. Maybe especially maybe. if the game's like getting really exciting and yeah, stuff, you're right. right. Let, let I, me tell you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> like Tom right. Brady, He's really gonna get step excited. up big here, Jim. <laughs> you're right. You're right. This will be over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's gonna be over. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the next one: Will Ariana Grande be on stage during the halftime show? Yes, plus two fifty. No, minus four fifty. So. I follow her on Instagram. I haven't seen any clues Shocker. about this. Hey, hey. Zach follows Ariana Grande? <laughs> um, I haven't seen any hints from this on social media. I, you know, obviously these things are surprises still, but like, I'm going to say no. Just be, and also too, with like COVID and stuff, I think it's going to be limited from what it might be normally. So I'm going to say no on this one. Well, even if it wasn't for COVID, I'm still going to say no because we did this last year, I remember, with like DJ Khaled yeah. and stuff. And like none of those people that we mentioned showed up. So I'm going to go no. <laughs> Although I do want yeah, to go. I'll go, I'll yes. go no. <laughs> I, I, I hope for Zach's sake that it happens. I'll be like, yeah, Zach is happy about this. Does, Maybe if Alex Morgan like gets on there too, like <laughs> Nate, uh, what about you? Do you know anything about Ariana Grande being on the stage? Um, I don't know. That's kind of random to me. I would say no because I don't know if she even has any songs with um the weekend. Like, I don't know why she would. Yeah, be you're, there. Right. <laughs> you're right. That's true. I don't know. I do know she has some kind of new songs, so maybe, but... Um, right. Um, okay. Nate, this one's, this next one's definitely for you. Times the Patriots will be mentioned. Over, under, two. Uh, oh, the definitely. over... Hold on real <laughs> over quick. The two. over is minus 150. The under is plus 110. So you're saying over? Yeah, definitely over, two. 
<laughs> uh, see, my thing is that I wish there was an option for like exactly two, because <laughs> I That's think true. I don't. I think it's gonna be about twice because I feel like. I mean, Brady's been trying to shed that all year to like, you know, forget about what I did with the Patriots. Like, this is my where I'm at now. Like, this is my home. So I think it's going to be like right at two. Well, I mean, there's already going to be one for sure right up there the gate where they're going to be like Tom Brady won six Super Bowls with the Patriots. But now he (laughs) hopes to get another one with a different team. (laughs) Will it happen? That's going to be one right there. Like. And then Belichick will probably come up at some point. Yeah. So, like, it is going to be at least two. So, I'm, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over also. And Gronk, too. You know, if they if Gronk has a oh, big yeah, play. Gronk and Brady were teammates in New England. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's potential, I think, for more. But like Connor said, too, this is a good number, too, I think. Like, it's still going to be, you know, very close to that, I think. Um, the next one, this is a really interesting one I hadn't seen before. How many times will the chains be used for measurement? The over under this is one and a half, and to take the over is plus one fifty. The under is minus two hundred. So, chain gang, uh, over under on one and a half. Is there is there yeah. a selection on uh, how many times an index card will be used? Like... <laughs> that would be. Um... <laughs> Plus ten thousand. Well, you know, because because uh, Gene's territory yeah. is going to be the rules analyst for this yeah, game. Is. So, um, I'll say under. I'll uh, say over. I think I think two times. Yeah, I, I'm going with Connor. I think it'll be twice, so it'll be slightly over. Nate, I'm going to go uh, under. Yeah, I think oh, I think it happened once. Team brought out. <laughs> it's rare. It's rare. That's why I'm saying it's only gonna happen once. But you know, it is the Super Bowl, so they're gonna be like extra careful. Extra about careful about stuff. Right. <laughs> um, we don't need any uh, petitions being started to like yeah. re- redo the game. <laughs> yeah, and so a lot of these that I found were like Bucks and Brady stuff, but this one was another real interesting <clears throat> one to me. What will we mention first? Tom Brady's tenth Super Bowl. Is at minus one eighty or his age forty three, plus one forty. I think it's going to be the tenth Super Bowl. Um, see, see the funny I'm thing curious. about the funny thing about this for me is that I feel like they're going to happen like back to back. Like I feel like it's going to be the tenth Super Bowl yeah. first, but it's going to be something like Tom Brady playing in his tenth Super Bowl at age forty three. Yeah. Like I yeah, feel like, it's yeah. Gonna be like that. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah, good analysis there. <laughs> Um, and then this last one here, this is, uh, you know, big, big implications for Eric and I, but what, what will happen to the price of Bitcoin during the Super Bowl going, goes up is minus 150 or goes down plus 110. Um, I'm going to say it goes up because I think, um, I think people like to gamble with Bitcoin and, uh, this is a big gambling event. So I think people are going to be buying. Actually, that hold on. Actually, I'm going to say goes down because <laughs> Zach is overthinking this. No, I'm over, okay. I might be really overthinking it. I'm going to say goes down because I think before the game it's going to go real up because people will buy Bitcoin to gamble on the game because you can get around a lot of geo restrictions with Bitcoin on gambling. So I think the price will go up because people will be using it to gamble. And then it's going to go down because it's been going up because a lot of people just bought it for the gambling. But uh, Eric, 
you study the Bitcoin markets. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I well, while I study the Bitcoin markets, I don't study them in relations to a football game. <laughs> 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 really, I, when I saw when I first saw this on here, I was like, man, why would it go up or down? But you do bring up a good point with the gambling. But I'm just going to say it keeps going up because I'm going to say what happens is, is like you said, people before the game will uh you know buy a bunch because they're using it. Yeah, for gambling. But then I think other people might see the price go up and be like, oh, I need to get some. And then hopefully it just keeps going up throughout the whole game and I make more money. So I'm cool. You know, it goes up. It goes up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Nate or Connor, you want to take a stab at this one at all? I guess I'll trust Zach's overthinking logic and say it's going to go down. (laughs) No, Connor. (laughs) Look, we've agreed on everything else. We have to agree on this, too. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. At least... You know, I'll say it goes down, but it's not going to go down to where it was before the game started. Like I'll say, okay. I'll I'll okay. say it'll spike really hard before, like Zach said, but then it'll go yeah. down like just kind of slowly. But like, so I'll go still, down. I'll still end up at a profit. Is what yeah, you'll still okay. Okay. If, yeah. <laughs> actually hold on. If okay, I could do some really overthinking here and say Wait, Bitcoin now will go up because people will <laughs> because more people gamble with like Ethereum and stuff, which is another cryptocurrency. So people will sell their Ethereum for. Or sell their Bitcoin for the other cryptocurrencies to gamble with, so that Does could he, be a reason why I could go down. People I feel like we're having convert an their Bitcoin on budget here. That, that's what I was about to say, them. though. But if if they sell their Bitcoin to buy Ethereum, then that means Bitcoin's going to go down, not up. I know, but that means <laughs> that means it goes down before the game, which means it can oh. only go up in the game. Oh, okay. I said this definitely okay. sounds like a baller on a budget episode right now. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, mixed with sports. <laughs> I haven't, uh, I haven't done an episode in quite a while, but this may have to be a. So there's a lot. We have lots of theories on this. Hey, do before we end this, uh, do you want to give an opinion? Um, yeah, I mean, you guys definitely uh, covered all the <laughs> angles on this one. I don't know. I think I kind of agree with you. I think I'll go up before the game and um, probably settle down after. I, I would bet people. Um, might even get, get distracted by the game and the party yeah. and whatever, and not be checking their uh their phone all the time. Too buy, drunk to, or maybe you know, they might be and... really drunk that they're like, ah, let's just put a bunch of money into Bitcoin, see what happens. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So many, so many theories about this, but it's fun to talk about. Um, but yeah, that's that's the end of the prop bets. So this will wrap up the Super Bowl blowout episode. I hopefully you guys enjoyed the content, and we'll be coming back next week with reactions to the game, winners and losers. Um, So stay tuned for that. It'll be a lot of fun to talk about the game and all the events that happened in it. And until then, guys, remember, be clutch. Bye. Peace.